0: This podcast is presented to you by pastors Tom and Bonnie Deschal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Um, I can't help but tell my story of, of what happened uh, not necessarily to join the church, because I attended the church I attended the church whilst I was attending another church. Uh, completely attended it, uh, to the extent that people thought I was from this church, but I actually wasn't. Um, I attended um, services, I attended all the training, I attended all the actions, I attended all the youth groups. Um, so only very close people knew that I actually was not part of the church. Um, but then when I came on um, and joined the ministry and we started serving at campus. Um, As Pastor Bonnie always says, um, involvement is the key to unlocking your call, and your call is the key to unlocking your destiny. So just by serving, it uh, opened something to the call of God that was upon our lives. So at some point during that, uh, Pastor Tom, you know, invited us to to their office, and uh, he called me to serve. So he charged me to, to serve in the house. So what I received from that charge was really um, underst- the understanding of the spirit of sonship, the understanding of the spirit of sonship. So I understood my sonship with God, and I understood what that meant, and I understood my sonship in a house, in this house, and I also understood my sonship to Pastor Tom. Uh, and, and So on that day, what changed in my heart, in my life was, you know, the... Catching on the spirit of sonship. Though, of course, when you get born again, you actually catch on the spirit of sonship, but sometimes we don't have a revelation of it or understand what it means or what to do with it. But on that day, that is what shifted um, in my life and in my heart. So, you know, what's been happening during this conference is um, uh, as the different ministers have come, they've already ministered all the scriptures and all the points. And and so, what I thought I was going to do today was come up and repeat everything that they said. There's a saying here in Zimbabwe, Simba," which means repetition is power. So if you repeat a grade, uh, it means that you, you are going to come out stronger. Uh, you repeat your O-levels, you're going to come out stronger because of Simba. So I thought that's what I was going to do, uh, you know, but I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, I was actually going to share on the story of Gideon, which is exactly uh, similar and synonymous to Joshua, uh, and call out some Gideons out, out, out of there um, which is exactly what happened by the Spirit of God uh, and the Joshuas uh, have been called out. So, so that leaves me with not much to do uh, except to give some instruction. And of course, the title of what I was going to share on was uh, Gideon, my son. Um, and so I'll read just one verse and then just share a few thoughts and give instructions. Uh, so Judges chapter 6, verse 34 says, The Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abizrites to follow him. So Gideon blew a trumpet. And so if you know the story of Gideon, you'll know that he didn't think much about, about himself, and he lived in a time, you know, where the Midianites and the Amorites and the other Eastern people were raiding Israel. In fact, it was um, after a 40 years of rest and peace that came about uh, by the work or the hand of Deborah and Barak um, in ja- uh, 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 when they uh, overcame uh, Jabban, king of the Canaanites. So when they, you know, got that victory from them, the last verse in chapter 6 of Judges says that the land had peace and they prevailed and victor- victory over their enemies for 40 years. So I have the sense that Over the last, uh, you know, 40 years, there have been so many battles that have been fought, so many successes that have been won, so many champions that have arisen, so many great things that have happened. And it's almost like the land has had peace for 40 years uh, where our enemies uh, have been under our foot. But the challenge is when you come from 40 years and you need to enter into the next 40 years, and which is the challenge that was there at the end of Judges chapter 5, So at the end of Judges chapter 5, we come into chapter 6 where we see the Amorites and the Midianites and the other Eastern people, and they were attacking the land of Israel. And the Bible talks about them being pillaged, uh, being, uh, uh, you know, uh, completely destroyed. Whenever they planted and they were about to harvest, these Amorites and Midianites would come and they would ravage the land. They would bring destruction to the extent that the Israelites now lived in caves and dens and strongholds in the mountains, uh, fleeing from the very land that God had given them, the very promise that he had given them when they entered the promised land. The promised land itself uh, is where these Midianites and Amorites and other Eastern people came and make, made their home, you know, with tents and, and uh, camels as far as you could see, uh, people as far as you could see. And the Israelites themselves were, were disenfranchised. They were disinherited. You know, they were um, moved from uh, their own land that, that was theirs and lived in, in hiding in caves. Uh, and th- so it was a cycle after cycle after cycle of pillaging for about seven years. And I think seven years is the number of completion where God needs to complete a work in us, where we need to get to a place where we understand the call of God upon our lives. And we step into it and say, yes, God, we're not only going to be hearers of the word, but we're going to do it. We're going to answer the call uh, of God upon our lives. So seven years was the years that it took for, for, it, for them to complete that cycle and to understand that God was uh, really going to, uh, to use them. And so we see a similar cycle, um, you know, with the Israelites, because I'd never known this until I began to really study and try to understand what, what actually happened. And as we heard uh, earlier on, that the book of Deuteronomy is actually uh, the second law or the second attempt to enter into the promised land, or it's a recounting of, of uh, what God did. Uh, and he had actually done these things like 38 years before. So after two years, after two years, the Israelites actually attempted to enter into the promised land. And they stood there, and the promised land was before them. That's when they sent spies, and the spies come up with grapes, um, you know, and, uh, and only two people step out and say, you know, we were able to do it, which was Joshua and Caleb. But the other eight spies or the other ten spies uh, actually spread a negative report because they were afraid. And they said we were like grasshoppers in their eyes, so were we. So I heard another uh, minister say, um, you know, what happens with grasshoppers is that they can stand on the grapes and they can actually eat the leaves of, of the vine. And they can eat the stem where the leaf was but they will never eat grapes because grasshoppers don't eat grapes. So they disqualified themselves by putting a label upon themselves, by saying we cannot do it, we're not able to do it. So grasshoppers cannot, cannot eat grapes. So this was, this was two years after they left the promised land. For after, in that two years, God gave them the law, he instructed them, he built them up. So God himself could see that they were now able to actually enter the promised land. Because God will never give you an opportunity that you are not able to exploit, a promise that you are not able to receive, you never give an open door that you are not able to enter into, a call that you are not able to fulfill. So, so they stood right there at the doors of the Promised Land, two years after they left the Promised Land, two years after they left Egypt. Sorry, and and, and they refused to enter because they were afraid. So, because of that, they then wandered in the wilderness for 38 years until it became 40 years in the wilderness because of disbelief, because of of fear. So what I realized is that at the gate of every opportunity, at the gate of every open door, is a principality, and that principality is fear. So whenever God opens the door for us, fear also stands at the door to guard it so that we cannot enter in. That's why Paul says, I see a great open door of opportunity open door for ministry but there are also enemies there so fear is that one enemy that stands uh, at, the, at the at the door um, at the door of an opportunity so what could the only thing that can prevent us from entering into what god has for us in the next 40 years is fear and the and, and other speakers have really spoken into this the other ministers have spoken into this and so there's there's nothing more to speak about that but gideon was really held back by fear. And you know that he was, he was thrashing the wheat in the wine press, hiding away, displaced from, his, from, from where he's supposed to do things. And some of us right now we've been disenfranchised, we've been displaced, uh, we've been removed from the purposes of God for us. We've been, uh, uh, our focus has been shifted from what God can do to the situation and the circumstances around us. So this is where Gideon found himself. And he saw himself as the least... Uh, in his house and he saw his father's house, his father's clan is the least uh, in in Manasseh. And Manasseh as we know was really the least in Israel because whilst Manasseh was older um, um, than Ephraim and yet Ephraim was chosen uh, ahead of him. So Manasseh was basically almost like the least of the tribes uh, in Israel and Israel was the least of the nations among the nations at that time because they were hiding in caves from their own country from their own land hiding in the caves. So they were the least of the nations. So God, we know that he appears to Gideon, and Gideon is, the, is like the least person in Israel because his father's house is the least of the houses. His father's clan is the least of the clans. Manasseh is the least in Israel. Israel is the least in the nations. So God picks the least person, the one who's right at the end of the queue, the one that does not deserve to be picked, the one that shows the least amount of promise. So God picks up um, Gideon. But then what amazes me <laughs> is that the Bible says in Judges chapter 6, verse 34, then the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon, and he blew a trumpet. And the Bible says he summoned the Abysrites to follow him, which was his clan. So this guy is the least of everyone. But then he blows a trumpet. And the Bible says the Abizrites came behind him. They came behind him and said, we're joining you. And then we also see the other tribes in Israel coming behind Gideon. So my question is, how could anyone come behind the person who's the least of the least at this point in time? Gideon blew a trumpet. He blew a trumpet because the Spirit of God came upon Gideon. And, and, and as we were praying, the Spirit of God was coming upon us. And so it is actually now time to blow a trumpet but let me show you what that means from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 14, verse 6 to 7. me give you some instruction. There's something that I wanted you to do. So, 1 Corinthians, chapter 14, verse 6 to 7, it says, Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be unless I bring some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or a word of instruction? So, what I want you to do is in a notebook or on a piece of paper, if you are not serving yet, I want you to write an area of service that you are going to join starting next week. Because the anointing is not for for goosebumps. (laughs) I know, I think we used to be, um, what do you call them? Uh, we used to be anointing junkies, or what do you call them? We, we used to be junkies because we used to move from church to church, wherever it's happening, wherever we hear that people are falling under the anointing, would go there. We used to be spiritual junkies. I don't know, not even spiritual, but just to, get a, just to go and get something. So we, we, were, we were basically junkies. We were, we were addicted, we were hooked on. And sometimes you can be like that. Just want the touch of God, but then what is it for? The anointing comes to fulfill a choice that you have made, to fulfill the purpose of God that has become clear to you so that you can actually execute under that anointing. So the instruction I have for you is, I want you to write on a piece of paper your name, an area that you are going to save. There are many areas in this house, maybe even in the FOCs where you are, an area that you are going to save, and your phone number. Put it on a paper. And as we collect offering, I'm I'm going to ask you to put that paper into the offering basket. (laughs) Amen. Because this is not, what I've learned about this house is it's not a house of, um, it's a house of suppliers, not consumers. Everyone is a supplier. (laughs) Everyone supplies because you're part of the body. And if you are serving already, sometimes you might say, oh, this is enough for me. This is all of it. I want you to challenge yourself to an area of ministry that is even more than where you are serving right now. Maybe even a second area of service. Amen. So listen to what the Bible says. It says in verse 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 7, Even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds, such as a pipe or a harp or a a trumpet, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there's a distinction in the notes? So when Gideon blew the trumpet, there was such a clarity and a distinction in the note that everyone was able to hear and understand and the the troops were able to rally behind him because there was such clarity in the note. So even for lifeless things, unless there's a clarity in the sound, in the note, a distinction in the note, how can anyone know? How can anyone gather and rally behind? So on that piece of paper, I want you to be very clear because there has to be a distinction in the note. Because when Gideon understood who he was, what God was doing in his life, when he came from the back of the line and crossed over the line, when he blew the trumpet, it was his own understanding of his identity, understanding of who God was, understanding that God was with him, understanding of his purpose, understanding of that produced the clarity that caused the tribes to gather behind him. So it's only when you are very clear about your purpose, about what God is calling you to do. That things begin to fall in place and gather around you. The resources, the, the, the doors, open doors, the promotions begin to gather around you because you yourself are very clear. That the, the, the note is very clear. So I want you to be very clear on that piece of paper and say, I'm going to serve in this area. Amen. So let me close this way. The book of Psalms 110. Um, <clears throat> the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. So this is a promise that is being given to Jesus. It's actually not a promise to us. It's a promise that God is giving to his own son. Right? And he says, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, saying rule in the midst of your enemies. So this is a promise to Jesus, not to us, to Jesus, right? But because Jesus completely understood his purpose, completely understood the call of God upon his life, and he says, here I am, Lord, here I am to save you. Here here is a body prepared to do your will. He completely understood what God was calling him to do. To the point that even when he was in a place where it was difficult for him, sweating blood and sweat. He said, not my will, but your will be done. So he completely submitted himself to the purposes of God for him, to the call of God upon his life. And he said, God, even if it means dying, this is why I am here. So it is because he embraced that call that he was able to step into this promise that God had for him. In verse 3, the Bible says, your troops will be willing on the day of battle, arrayed in holy splendor. Your young men will come to you like the Jew from the morning's womb. So Jesus completely submitted and his clarion call was so clear that you and I are a child of God today. When he blew the trumpet out of his submission, you heard the call. That's why you're a child of God today. When he blows that trumpet, it's so clear that you and I, the troops, can only rally behind him and do what he's calling us to do. So there's a call to salvation is actually a call to service. Amen. So I want you to be very clear on that piece of paper. Let me tell a story and then I close. Gideon, my son. So there was a, a king. I was going to say president, but presidents have not been very impressive these days. So, a king, a very good king, right, was holding a, a, a rally. Maybe it wasn't a rally. It was a... Okay, he was holding a, a, a thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and everyone was gathered to the thing. Everyone was gathered to the thing because they loved this king. But as you know, kings would sit on the stage ready for the thing and the people who came to, 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 to witness this were kept at bay by a line. It was just a, a line, you know, a, a thread, a line was keeping them at bay. And then right standing by that thread or by that line were these soldiers. And you know how soldiers are. They were under instruction not to let anyone cross. In their eyes, their eyes were, were, were bloodthirsty. I mean, they just want to see who will cross so that they can execute their mandate as given by the king. So the soldiers were standing right there facing the crowd. And you know how soldiers are. They were, they were just looking straight ahead. But their eyes can see in the, in the flinges if anyone would cross over so the crowd is there, they're excited and the guys who are in front of the line (laughs) are the ones who are trying to keep everyone back because they know if they're pushed over the line things are over and so what is keeping them behind the line is not the line itself, but fear it's not the line itself but fear so this one young man comes and he breaks through the line And different goes, ah. But the soldiers continue to stand upright. They don't flinch. They don't move. And then this young man runs onto the stage. And different is, ah. Because they think maybe it's a a terrorist. someone with a bomb. He's going to kill the king. And this guy climbs on the steps. And he goes to the king. And he stands facing the king. And the king faces back at the young man. And the king says, Gideon, my son, where were you? We couldn't start without you. (laughs) So Gideon, my son, where are you? We can't start without you. Amen. Amen. So again, the instruction. (laughs) I just came here to give an instruction. The Spirit of God came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet. But the trumpet must be very clear for anyone to follow, for things to happen in your life. On your paper, write an area of service. Write your name. Write your number. When the offering basket comes, drop it in. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.